0: The psilocybin
1: chronicles. Uh, My dad was abusive, and uh, my mom didn't really, she just went with it. She didn't fight back or put boundaries or correct him. And as I grew up, I was in a lot of very toxic, abusive relationships. As I told a group, like, I was raped by six different men. I developed a stutter. I was just in a lot of pain.
2: Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Michael Meditations Silas Haven Chronicles. I'm your host Eric. Uh, today I'm bringing you a really powerful episode, as you can probably tell from the intro here. My guest Sharon has been through, as you can tell, a whole lot. And despite this history of sexual and religious trauma, she really has come through with an amazing sense of humor and just a very bright spirit. I know she came to Michael. Uh, with some pretty deep-seated depression, understandably so, being abused by her father and raped by multiple men. The direct abuse that she, she experienced at the hands of the Christian church uh, is really very potent experience that many people go through but are afraid to talk about. So. I got so much respect for this lady after going through everything that she's been through and coming out the other side and being such a, just a loving, beautiful soul. Speaking of loving, beautiful souls, I wanna say that my beautiful wife, Courtney Rose, has found out that we are, well, we found out that we're having a daughter. For those of you who have been following up with that, you might be interested to know. Also wanna say that I really appreciate all the people that reached out to myself and to her, just letting mainly her know that her voice was important or is important and is powerful. It's it's easy to forget that, especially when you're like she has been sitting in the, on the back end of emails and uh, coordinating people coming to Jamaica and all that admin stuff. It's really easy to forget that you're helping to save and change lives. And so it's it means a lot to me and I know it meant a lot to her that people reached out and let her know how powerful her story was because it is and she is a amazing powerful woman and I'm so very excited and so very grateful that she's going to be the example for my daughter. I think it's appropriate that this episode is where I'm talking, you know, kind of introducing this uh because there has been such a horrible imbalance in in the world, in myself, uh, of this feminine, masculine. Uh, Sharon and Courtney and all the women out there, my mother, my sisters, I just want to do my best to raise this daughter with the love, the compassion, the empowerment, the independence, the strength, the nurturing that is deserved. I want to exemplify what the Tao speaks of in knowing the masculine but keeping to the feminine. I want to know how to be uh, that strong, immovable force when it comes to protecting my family and, and our work, but I want to be that open and vulnerable and soft being when it comes to the work that I do and the family that I care for and the friends and community that we belong to. Now in this episode, you're gonna have a little bit of audio issues. I was trying to do the right thing and it ended up being the wrong thing where I turned off my mic when Sharon was talking and it just kind of creates a funky imbalance in the sound. So my apologies, lesson learned, won't happen again. (sighs) Sometimes folks, I just don't feel worthy of all that I have and I know that most of us get into these funks uh, where we don't feel like we deserve what we have or we want more than what we have or and I don't know I'm just trying to remind myself and you that it's okay to go through these ups and downs they will happen I know that I love deeply the people that I work with and the work that I do and my family and my friends I know that and I know how grateful I am for them. And, I don't know, it's kind of hit me, you know, because I was like not really wanting another boy. I didn't, I was hoping for a girl, let's say. I've got three sons. It's been all of my life as a father, it's been about mommy, you know. Daddy just gets pushed to the back. And, I don't know, I get feeling sorry for myself a lot of times. I guess after we found out it was a girl and I realized how sorry for myself I had been feeling and then now I'm having a hard time enjoying the what the answer that I got uh, even though it is what I wanted because I'm kicking myself for wanting things different you know you know that thing where you like don't you want things to be something other than they are I don't know I just spent the whole day yesterday expecting to hear I was gonna have a boy and just preparing myself for that and then when I found out that I wasn't feeling like you know, a jackass, because of wanting. It's a balance, you know, it's a tough balance. At least I find it to be a tough balance of wanting more and being happy with what you got. And I don't, like, I don't want a lot. Anyway, we're all working through our stuff here. Eric's working on figuring out how it's okay to want more (laughs) for himself and his family and his friends without feeling guilty about it. At the same time, and being more than just content, but really joyfully grateful for what he has. So if you find, the, if you find yourself in that situation, folks, you are not alone. <laughs> so anyway, moving on to this episode with wonderful Shannon. I'm sorry, Sharon. I kept wanting to call her Shannon. Uh, Sharon is a civil engineer, a beautiful, bright soul, and so very uh, funny and pleasant to be around. At the end of this, I'm going to include a little Bill Hicks clip because we talked about it in the, in the episode, and there's probably a lot of people out there that don't know Bill Hicks, who was one of the first psychedelic comedians, and I love this little rant of his about uh, why psychedelics are illegal, which is another topic that we talk about in here. Advocate, stand up, demand that plant medicines be made legal across the board. This is our God-given right. All right, on to the episode. Won't you join me in welcoming Sharon to the Psilocybin Chronicles? All right, Sharon. Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you. So, your first mushroom experiences have been with us here at Michael Meditations? Yes. Very good. This is kind of a first for me. I've not ever done podcasts with people that I didn't work with, so (laughs) it's a little bit weird, a little awkward, uh, but you're... very comfortable person to be around get Thank a you. great just smile dive so in. that'll dive that'll in, help right? yeah yeah so let's dive into the first question then what okay. is or who is an individual now after having some experience with psilocybin that you think you might like to take mushrooms with and why
1: jesus uh i oh I d- yep. <laughs> well maybe jesus <laughs> i don't know uh i think i'm i'm good just with myself uh i have no huge desire for other people. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Kind of, now that I've done it, I, I really just like the peacefulness of the solitude. Mm. So. You,
2: you're you not the first person to say that, and I, I have often myself think that some of the best person to trip with is me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's, I found that other people's energy can be overwhelming. Yeah. And I didn't, I Apparently tap into other people's energies and that can be too much for me.
2: Okay. Is this is this something you've been aware of or?
1: Well, not to this (laughs) Not to this depth of it, but I I know that there's people that are toxic around you Mm. and Like their energy can be overwhelming. But before I was just like, oh, I can just you know bear with it for the time being and now it's I'm understanding no (laughs) You definitely need to space yourself.
2: Definitely. So. Yeah. So what what was that like this week? Did you did, did you find periods of discomfort being around other people while you were on mushrooms?
1: Uh after I dealt with my issues, I started to pick up on other people's and that was a discomfort because while I was still feeling very much the communion with everybody, I could feel everyone else's pain.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And And then, like, I I learned that it's like, well, you have to distance yourself if you're not able to tolerate that. And also, you don't have to tolerate that. Like, Mm. you can just distance yourself just because you don't want their energy or because their energy is too much or you just want to feel solitude. So it was an interesting, like, just little permission slip that I gave myself.
2: Nice. Yeah. You're not obligated to take on other people's stuff, right? (laughs) Thank God. Yeah, yeah, we've got enough of our own. <laughs> mm, I definitely do. <laughs> so, what about the talk about that that solitude or that peace that you kind of touched on?
1: Okay. Well, um, so when I came here, I um, kind of like th- the story of of what brought me here mm-hmm. was I I was abused as a child. And when I tell friends or loved ones about it, uh, as people come into my life, I just basically, leave it, at, I, was, I was raised in chaos. And uh, my dad was abusive. And uh, my mom didn't really, she, she just went with it. She didn't fight back or put boundaries or correct him. And he was what I called bad daddy. Like he was just very angry and just overly punishing, and it's it was always just a really painful thing for me and as I grew up, we tried to get counseling and help, but it just never like I started counseling when I was uh about eight years old, and it never like the pain never went away um, i in my teens i was just really focused on getting out of the house going forward going to college getting my degree um and as i stepped into adult life i didn't learn how to create boundaries around myself and i was in a lot of very toxic abusive relationships for about 20 years and um as I told a group, like I was raped by six different men, I um, got to the point where like with one relationship where I didn't even feel smart enough to go through school and finish college, I developed a stutter um, i I was just in a lot of pain, and through that the entire experience and like the boyfriends that abused me and beat me or took like used me or just took advantage of my kindness I I didn't understand how to create those boundaries and I also was feeling so much depression and like I developed eating disorders and ways to coping with the stress and it was just heart-wrenching and I like I've been in and out of counseling since I was eight and I have been working with a fabulous counselor for the last two years, getting to a better place. And I was starting to get there, but I was just like, there's just a lot there. And like the depression is overwhelming. And as a now senior engineer, working in a highly technical environment, I couldn't show up for my life completely. And it's like, it's just overwhelming. And there was just so much, so much there. That I was aware of, and um, it was interesting during our first journey. Um, three grams didn 't hallucinate didn 't have any things. I just had a really peaceful calm, much like you would if you had took a little toke, just a little baby toke, and I felt calm and peace, and it was like well that 's nice, and the second journey we upped it to ten and that is when I started noticing the rainbows and the butterflies and the, a lot of rainbows and sparkles. And then through the course of the journey, I was just like, I want to be happy. I want to experience all this great stuff. And there's so much joy in my life and so much beauty and so many things I absolutely love. And something kept tugging me back. And I was like, what is it? And like, well, you have to deal with this before you can go forward and it was this dark purpley spirally pain and it was so crushing and this is the first time i actually physically saw how much pain i was carrying around and throughout the years like i've tried to process this pain and it never went away like like i punched i boxed i ran i swam (laughs) like I went through counseling, I did everything I could think of just to process this. I meditated, and just seeing how much pain was there and realizing the depth of the problem, that was eye opening for me. and after I came out of out of the 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 journey, I wasn't able to move for about two hours. It was just the pain was just so. Like I, I could still feel it the next morning. So,
2: is this is this an actual physical pain, or actual is this emotional physical pain? pain. Was it located in a certain place? It or? was um,
1: it was on just above my heart, on okay. my shoulders. Okay. And it was interesting because during the different the first trip, I forgot to mention I uh, I vomited a lot. Like I all I knew is I was up checking. It wasn't painful. It was just oh something. Okay, little up check, and then keep on going with your conversation. And <laughs> again, during the second. It, it was, again, like that, where it was just an overwhelming amount of, of up-checking. And, and I was just like, this is just so uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's not the worst thing. Like I said, I've had eating disorders. Purging is a lot more painful than this. So I was like, okay, just roll with it. And then, so, having felt that pain, seen it, understood that, like, the pain that my body was in and the reason, like the coping and the tiredness and the depression. And I just developed such a compassion for myself. Um, I, I try to be compassionate as is, but it was like, oh, okay, I'm still in pain. I'm depressed, a little lump on the couch a lot because it hurts so much. And I started to just understand what was going on and how it was affecting me. And, and I was like, but I've taken the time. I thought I took the time to, to try to heal. And it's, it's, it, it wasn't enough yet. And going into the third dose, I was like, oh no, not more up checking. And please, I don't want to come out of it. Cause it took so long to just be able to smile again or to eat. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can handle this. And so 14 grams, (laughs) I had no hallucinations whatsoever. I just sat in my mat and just, as I, I was telling the group, it was like my inner teacher came out and it's just like, you know, you know exactly what you need to do. You know how to process this and that's what you need to do. You need to process and just sit with your pain And so I did. Um, I just put my hand on the ground and followed just a simple, just breathing exercise of breathing in the love and letting the pain just soak down into the ground through my fingertips. And whenever I felt that anxious pit in my stomach, I just let it be there and just felt the pain and felt like thought of the painful person that had resonated with that pain until the pain went away and then I slowly went to the next person and to the next instance and I worked my way down through 20 years of bad relationships and painful experiences and then I was was just like well do you want to take a break and sometimes I had to go up go to the bathroom still absolutely no hallucinations whatsoever and i allowed myself to take a break when i needed to took some water laid back down and sometimes i was like no oh, i want a little longer break and then the stomach pain would come back and it's like nope you're done more more processing and so i got down to facing the pain with my father and it said okay you've come really far if you want to stop you can and i was like no i come this far i want to go forward and and so I sat there and just processed that and allowed it to go. And I waited and there was like, there's still a little bit more pain. I'm like, what's that about? And I got a little curious and it was like some pain left over from my siblings and pain left over from my church experience. I, I was raised within the Mormon religion and... It, it was interesting with that circumstance where I actually was um, told I had to go through the repentance process because I was raped by my boyfriend for about a month and then he abused me heavily for about six months to a year and because I didn't get out of that relationship they felt that because I stayed, I obviously wasn't being abused because any normal person would just stay. This is what the church... The church t- told me that. So they had told me that, you know, be, it was my fault that I was abused and therefore I needed to repent from that, that thing because obviously I wasn't abused. I, it was voluntary. And so it was just like just weeding through that pain and allowing that to just be processed. And, and then slowly it's like I, I started feeling like, okay, well, that's all gone. And then... It was the most amazing feeling afterwards because it's like the unity with, with the earth. And time kind of just went away. And it's just like, just remember who you are. You're a child of this earth. You are meant to be here. You are a caretaker. People are drawn to you because of your light and energy. But you have to protect that because they will overwhelm it. And I was like, okay, and it's just like, you're allowed to protect yourself. As a child, I obviously, when you're an abused child, you're not allowed to protect yourself. But it's like, no, you're an adult, you're almost 40. You can protect yourself. So it's like, okay, I can protect myself. I can go forward. And they're like, just give yourself the distance you need. If someone's overwhelming you, take your leave. If you're having a tough time, if there's more pain, you now know how to process it. You already knew how to do this. You just needed to be reminded of who you were and what you needed. And it was like, okay. So it's like, all right. <laughs> and I, uh, there was someone in the group that was going through a particular amount of pain and I could feel her pain. And it was just like, if I distanced myself, it would be lessened. Or if I just put my hand on the ground and then I could concentrate on other things. But It was just the most amazing and beautiful experience I had. And so I had no idea I was able to make that progress. Um, I was just hoping for maybe a little rewrite so it would be easier to uh, not get into the same habitual groove of the depressive episodes. But to actually have that experience and just that cleansing process of just... Processing the pain and feeling the feels as Like and being able to actually do that work. It was amazing
2: So talk, talk about that a little bit the, the processing you said you now know how to process yeah. This pain, but it's when you talk about that It's just kind of very general like you put your hand on the earth breathe in the love.
1: It was that easy mm-hmm. like I I <laughs> So I literally And and I know that it was was the mushrooms that was helping me with the metaphoric processing. But it was literally, I just felt the pain and just kept breathing and just remembered the love and just kept breathing in loving thoughts and just said, okay, the pain's going to go out and go to the earth. And I just kept breathing until the pain stopped.
2: Was this... This concept of transferring it to the earth, is this uh-huh. something you've ever had any context for? Or did this just come up organically that in the was, trip?
1: That was actually something I've heard before where you just, you know, give it back to the earth. Mm-hmm. Denise had re- reinforced that as mm-hmm. well um, through other talks and and metaphors that we had previously through the week. Where it's just like, you know, just give it back to the earth. Because I had asked, I'm like, how do you process this pain? And mm-hmm. It's like, well, yell, yeah, scream. And I'm like, I'm not a screamer. <laughs> and I was really grateful I found a calm peaceful quiet way <laughs> to just process that pain cuz I've been angry I've screamed I have cried um, I've, I've done it all <laughs> but I didn't do that and so that was that was amazing so that's literally just breathing accepting and just letting the pain be until it subsided on mm. its own mm-hmm
2: yeah, it it's uh something that has been fascinating to me over the recent years and this yeah. this this idea, this experience of stored memory mm-hmm. or information um that is somehow in our non-physical field and then can be transferred through and the the reality that that this This earth is our mother, is alive, Mm -hmm. is living, and is here to support us in, like, a tangible way. Not in just farming food or, you know, minerals, blah, blah, blah. But, like, we can, in some strange, mysterious way, we can engage with it. Mm
1: -hmm. Just connect.
2: And connect. Yeah. So (coughs) with your religious upbringing, does this... Experience did this experience have any um, religious or spiritual undertones or overtones?
1: Well, in a way, it it did. Um, so, I I haven't practiced religion in about fifteen years, but at the same time, the upbringing, the morals, the values—they come with you, and I've weeded through in a more agnostic style of saying, hey, whatever is, isn't, is, and whatever isn't, isn't. Whatever I think really doesn't change what is or isn't. But I went on a moral discovery and just kept the values I had um, that were intrinsic to who I am as a being. But with this, it was a great reawakening, if it was, Hmm. of uh, the spiritual communion that I used to have with my spiritual, with my religious community. And so it it was like, okay, the same feelings and thoughts of when you're with a group and there's a powerful, just spiritual experience amongst them, that reawakened. And it was like, hey, you know, just because you left the religion doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to leave the communion you feel with nature and with your fellow man. It's, it's like that can still happen. So
2: what's that like to re-engage with?
1: It's a little (laughs) nerve-wracking. How so? Well, it's just like... I I don't want to go all the way back in. I'm very happy in non-organized existence. But it was a comforting just reminder that it's like... Like, Mother Earth is still here for us. Mm -hmm. Everything is okay. Like, and, and that communion is still is still possible.
2: So uh, how had did you hear about psilocybin as a therapy? Uh
1: well I started researching some of the psychedelics probably around 2014. Okay. Um it's 2020 what now. What was the
2: impetus though? You're not a, you're not a drug person. You said no. cannabis is all well, you've used. so
1: at the time I was exploring a little bit with with marijuana and their side effects as far as helping with depression. I found that like, just micro amounts of that um, in edible form helped with my depression. Mm-hmm. And I got really curious in, like, uh, through just watching Netflix, going through and seeing the the different therapies that were available that were alternatives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so much alternative medicine out there that isn't big pharma. And sometimes I felt like, you know, that the answer is, don't have to come from a crushed up white powder that is filled with a bunch of binders and pressed into a pill. Sometimes the answers come just from nature. And a lot of the leading scientists at the time are you know, still researching the Amazon and all these wonderful plants mm-hmm. to find what they can do for us um, to bring about the cures to the big, to the big illnesses that we're facing. And so I kind of just said, okay, well, where are my values with this? And I'm like, well, if it's it's out there and it's not harmful, why not? So that's started my exploration. um, And I was curious about mushrooms, but I wasn't ready to dive in. And then I really started learning more and more about like ayahuasca and the mushrooms and, the different roots and the tribal things and and how it brought about just the resetting of the uh the Nordic pathways and how it can really just help um just overall reconnect and i was like you know what that might be something i need in my life um and I've, i read more and more and watched more specials and I was starting to get more and more convinced that this could be really beneficial to my life. Um, just to help with the habitual, because I was like, hey, depression is my habit. Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. an illness that I have, it's, it's my lifelong habit. And like the eating disorders, that's a habit. And it's like, can I, can I figure out a way to flip the script on that? And really just rewrite those patterns and I was talking to my counselor and I was like you know I'm thinking about this and she she was just openly excited she's like I think that would be great you hmm. should try it and so it's like Google searching around and I found Michael meditations and I was just like you know what that the dosing the multiple dosing the beautiful environment that you get to be in while you're here and just the experience of, of the crew. I was like, That's, that sounds like a safe spot to dive into this world. And um, I had some family members that I confided in and talked about it. And some of them are more just shamanistic. Some are just more, if it helps, wonderful, we love you. And it was just all positive, so I—that's kind of how I got here.
2: And did you have any family that was in opposition? Or are you still connected with the Mormon side, or not so much? Yeah.
1: Um.
2: What about in your own personal ideology? Was that a hurdle to get over to come to plant medicine?
1: No. Um. I I I just once I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, why why not? Right. Like. I like my first marijuana experience <laughs> was in college and I felt like I had a football helmet on my head cuz they gave me a huge blunt and like smoke it and I was way too much. That was way too much. I mean, I hadn't even had alcohol before. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's that that's too much. So I stepped away from that. But then when I w- slowly reintroduced a couple of years later, it was like, you know, this has benefits and it's small little. Mhm. Mhm. This is
2: baffling to me anyway that any religious religious ideology would demonize plants.
1: Well, I, it's kind of funny when I read through, like I was thinking through the uh, the religious texts, and I'm pretty sure they were all high. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. The Bible, I can show you points of so many places where, even uh, what is it? Uh, there's a incense that's talking about the Old Testament uh, cannabisum, and they they it's suspected that yeah. that is the origin of the word cannabis. Even that oh,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure it was like you know they they must have been like just just hearing the the prophecies that they came yeah. up with, and then hearing the the different people's experiences here, D- and I'm like, it sounds like you're having a prophecy. <laughs> and you just, all you have to do is. Time travel back two thousand yeah, years, write prophet. it in a script, and you're there. You're enlightened. <laughs>
2: What's the one the guy talking to the donkey? Right. You know that? Like there's there's so many. Yeah. yeah
1: the talking ass, and uh. and it's it's just hilarious. Like I'm just I'm pretty convinced of that. And also this like, for me like there was one scripture. It was uh, I put it up on the, the WhatsApp today, and it was John fourteen twenty seven. And it was just like that piece that they were talking about. It's just like he—it's um, uh, oh oh dear—it's uh, my peace I give unto you, my peace I leave unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. But mm-hmm. not let let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that is one scripture that's just remained with me for my whole life. And it was just like you know, even that resonates with me in a different way now because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like the peace that they're talking about it's <laughs> like i'm pretty sure they went on a trip before they had that Oh uh, well feeling. you know
2: um so the book of revelation right yeah. um the the isle of patmos where john was mm-hmm. forced into exile is uh so Mycene Mycenae Mycenaea is okay. a greek island off the coast or it's an island off the coast of greece uh it's very very close to patmos mycenaea means the mushroom people. Right? The Mycenaeans were the mushroom people. Mycenaea okay. is the most widespread genus of fungi. And so in the book of Revelation he says that uh, the angel gave him this scroll to eat and in his mouth it was sweet and in his stomach it was sour and then mm-hmm. after that he had his visions. Well, the Amanita muscaria is a well documented psychoactive mushroom through Oh, yeah. this you probably you probably know something about this. And like everything in there like describes a mushroom trip ultimately.
1: Yeah, so it it's kind of interesting that in the modern times we've shut out the connection to like and I've seen that with religion too where they shut out the prophets mm-hmm. but they keep on the old text mm-hmm. and it's like, "Well, why are we doing that? Why are we not continuing the yeah. old ways and exploring that more?" What was it? So.
2: Uh, uh, you you kill the prophet and worship his tomb, kind of thing. Pretty I Had a, much, a friend here that yeah. used to say that all the time. They, you know, all all the great ones, great human beings. Like while they're here, we chide them, and they're like they're you know whatever. They're a threat to the status quo. And then, you know, when Doctor King's dead, of course we make a holiday for him. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. were you uh, were you on antidepressants? Have you been medicated for depression?
1: Uh, I have been. It was something that I, I don't like taking medicine at all. And I've been on and off antidepressants for about 15 years Okay. and I had recently, I got off of them in 2019. I was just done. Um, and it was just like, there has to be some other way, like the side effects aren't great. The cessation symptoms are horrendous. Mm-hmm. I had to step down over two and a half months, and it was just like, you shouldn't have to go through that, just to find some semblance of uh, level. Mm-hmm. It's and I still was pretty resistant too, because it was like the depression's still there. I still feel it. I don't feel great, mm-hmm. and you know you're having a tough day, and it's just like, why? Why am I taking this if I feel horrible with or without it? So, it's uh, I, I just didn't like didn't understand why I would want to keep doing that.
2: the The whole industry around it is just baffling to me that mm-hmm. that we knowingly take these medicines with these, and can't even call them medicines really. We yeah. take these pills, take these chemical compounds that we know the number of side effects that they have, and like you said, the withdrawal symptoms, and their rate of success is so low.
1: They are. And it was interesting, cause like some of my coworkers knew that I was coming off them, and and they are just like, why are you putting yourself through this? Your body needs this. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, your brain just the, you know, and I'm like, no, I understand the science behind how the pills are supposed to work, but I'm like, I'm a whole human being just as I am. And I'm. if I'm going to go through life being an Eeyore, I'm going to go through as well, an Eeyore. It's, like, I don't want to medicate myself. Like, look
2: at what you went through as a child. Look at through everything that you went yeah. through. Like, is it not understandable that you'd be depressed, that you would have these whatever yeah. complications or symptoms or issues or whatever you want to call it?
1: And it's, it's just like, I think it was an emotional issue. It wasn't of course, a brain matter issue. Of
2: course. Like, how much of this is? So, and It's like, you know, I went to, once I went to a psychiatrist... Uh, my my girlfriend left me. My parents got divorced. I just went somewhere to talk. Right. First thing they did is like, all right, we'll take some Zoloft. that will help be you feel better. I took Zoloft for two weeks. I was like, you can fuck that. I'm gonna. Eat. I'll, <laughs> I'll just smoke weed. I'll, I'll. Like you said, if I'm gonna be Eeyore, then I'll just be Eeyore. I'm not gonna be a medicated Eeyore. Yeah. But the reality is, we don't have to live like that either, because there there are things that can help. Yeah. That come from this earth. That have. What's the side effects of mushrooms?
1: Apparently, uh, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> He's A renewed calmless. smile, yeah, like uh, an air- unbearable, just cru- soul-crushing amount of pain lifted, gone. Like learning how to process your pain. Yeah, horrible side effects. Like don't do that at home. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Have you ever listened to Bill Hicks? do you know the comedian bill hicks yeah his his whole rant about you know why of course they're illegal, you know, and you see God like we realize that we're just bombing ourselves it's like yeah so i wonder I do wonder like how much this is really going to shift in mental health you know do we are we really as a not as a society as a society we're obviously ready, but as right. a uh are those that are in control? Are they ready to really let us take back control of our own mental health? I wonder.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to have much of a choice.
2: That's what I want to hear.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like anything, it's follow the money, and if all the money keeps going to Jamaica, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, blessed be Jamaica. Yeah, but, yeah, blessed but, be Jamaica. Amen. But it's it's more, you know deregulating the schedule ones that mm-hmm. aren't really schedule ones yeah it's, they had no business it's insanity. Being there. yeah and maybe scheduling this the poison like in the pills oh my god up because it's like look at the oxys like how is Benzos. that okay i mean
2: there's so many
1: how is it okay and when you look back at a <laughs> little bit of weed really like yeah, if you're allergic to weed, I get it. That could be deadly for you. But I would take allergy. Is anybody to weed. allergic to weed? Yes. Okay. Some people are. But I'm yeah. like, if anyone is, my heart goes out to you. There's also mushrooms, um, <laughs> or DMT, or anything else. Like, I have a lot of allergies, so I get it. But but it's but it's more just there's it it shouldn't be the alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. It should be the medicine. The standard, yeah. And it's it's like you know you can only like the the different governments and the people in charge they're they're put there by us now. Mm-hmm. Like and if we uprise, they have to listen. And it's it's been that way, kind of for the be- since the beginning. Yeah. Like yeah, in Dark Ages, obviously kings and queens had a little bit more of an army, but it's hard to stop an uprising Mm. and it's just like just getting the right people to listen and understand and deregulate where it's beneficial and it's actually better.
2: And there's so much science behind it as well. There is There's so much science behind the safety and effectiveness of psychedelics and look at, look at cannabis. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, honestly growing up in Kentucky, cannabis was the, the second, the number two cash crop. I never thought that I would see in my life, a day when cannabis was legal in America. Right. But because the people demanded it, then it is so. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is happening with psilocybin and ayahuasca and all these uh, wonderful, wonderful plants that are absolutely a gift of nature.
1: Yeah. now hopefully it just keeps on going because this... It's a lot. And it, like, I... I didn't realize I could just restore that inner peace and like what a gift like absolute gift
2: yeah um I guess for me like you know I'm I'm really I'm in hearing this and just just the little glimpse that I'm getting into your story and why you're here um I'm just like find myself really super grateful right now that even though I wasn't here to be a part of your experience, it's something that uh, I've helped to be a part of. Growing has been able to provide that or help to bring that back, and you know that was the whole thing all along. I mean, I lost a marriage over psilocybin, or mm-hmm. or let's see, how should I say this? I got, I was relieved <laughs> through psilocybin, yeah. um, but because you know, like, I was adamant that the, I know we know that this is our human right this is our god-given right to to have relief and like if it comes through an innocent little mushroom then like somebody's got to stand up and fight for that right and you know you being here you're saying like follow the money and the money's going to jamaica and definitely hope that jamaica can improve its its quality of living through uh continued psychedelic work but I want I want you to just be aware if you're not already of the role that you're playing in forwarding this too right Mm -hmm. just by being here by being on this and talking about this openly I mean so many people come through here and they just still won't talk about it to publicly or to family and friends and I get it understand you know uh, um,
1: actually my my therapist is waiting for our follow-up session because she is so excited to hear about this because she has other patients that she would love to send the pending results (laughs) 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 and I have like a couple of family members that I am close to where I know they've had issues and it's like you know it's not this big scary thing it's a beautiful experience and it's I'm just so just absolutely grateful.
2: Well, I'm really grateful that you've been able to find find some peace. Yeah. So do, these other family members, do, did they left the church as well, yeah. or they weren't part of it? And so do you all, are you all able to kind of help each other, kind of process a lot of that, uh, or is it you just kind of left it behind? And we
1: kind of just left it behind. I think um, they, they're like an aunt and, and an uncle of mine, and so they they understand the family history. They understand... Like they've been there throughout my entire life. What was the
2: kind of the wake up? What what pulled you out of it? Like woke you up to the situation and got you out?
1: Uh well <laughs> So uh it was a horrible ex boyfriend of mine who he we didn't have a healthy relationship. It was really toxic and he had a lot of power over issues where he like what, whatever I did was wrong. He was a narcissist and enjoyed me wearing flashy clothes that made all of his friends just rubbernecks so he felt better. And But then at the same time, he didn't want me to hold my hand in public because he didn't want some other people in church to know that we were together. And it was just like we were silly being together. But then like if I didn't sleep with him, he'd get mad at me because I was denying my man his right to my body, and then if I did sleep with him, then I was an awful human being because I wasn't following the church's preachings, and (laughs) it was just a, a chaotic, weird thing, and it came to a big head when I was in the last semester of college, and I almost had my degree, and he was getting ready for his doctorate program, which was going to be, like, across the country or in in a different like part of the world because he couldn't get into medical school and yeah so it was like a Caribbean island kind of medical school situation and he got so mad that I wouldn't just drop school and go with him that like we had a blowout fight and I was just like forget this I'm done and for about a month or two he tried to get back with me he would be banging on the doors like begging me to take him back and then like I started to actually slip a little and say okay and we started hanging out and then he was trying to pressure me for sex again and I was like but we're not together I don't feel right with that and uh, and then he announced that he had a new girlfriend was getting married in two months in the temple which for Mormons big big deal. And I was like, but you've been y- you were just trying to sleep with me like a week ago. Like what the fuck? Like what the actual is going on? And like I told told my parents what had happened and they're just like you're sinning again. Okay. <laughs> we're sending you off. You're going to have to talk to the bishop. <laughs> oh my god. And my dad told on me to my local bishop and The bishop. And I'm like, well, what about this dude? He's about to go to the temple. And they're like, well, if he doesn't feel he has anything to confess, then it's not our deal. Oh, my gosh. And, And I was just like, and he did end up getting married to this woman who, like, I had been friends with as well. And I was just like, what is actually going on? And, you know, and I like at that moment, I was just like. Fuck this shit. Like, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. I went to church the next day. I was in charge of cooking for, like, every first Sunday of the month, that everyone fasted. And then at the group, the church I was at, the little pod, I would cook the meal for the entire congregation. So we'd all break our fast together. And so I was cooking for about 100 people, me in the kitchen, just having a good time, not having to be in church. And I was like, I'm done. I'm so done with... All of this and so like afterwards I told the the pastor I was like you know I'm moving I'm so sorry you're gonna have to find someone else to do the cooking for everyone every month and I'm out and he's like well forward us your address and of course I never did <laughs> um, and I also didn't move but <laughs> and then like that week that coming weekend was one of my girlfriend's bachelorette parties and uh she had like a, a joint one with her, with her fiance where they, the guys kind of went out and the girls stayed in. And then at the end, everyone came together and one of his friends, seemed extra flirty. And I was like, you know, he's cute. And I'm like, you know, I've never had a one night stand. Let's do this. (laughs) Like, let's time. It's time to figure out my morals. And it was kind of funny because it did not turn into a one night stand. It like, he actually became one of, like a dear friend and someone that every once in a while pops back in my life letting me know that he loves me and he would love to date me and i'm like bullshit i know you too well like and we just have a really good connection and we're really good friends and i'm like that's what it's about Mm. like just exploring friendships and having fun and figuring out what where your own values are and that was the first time it was november 14th of 2006 (laughs) that (laughs) i actually had a consensual relationship oh
2: wow and
1: it was like it was just so beautiful and wonderful and i was like and then a month later i tried pot didn't like i said didn't like Mm -hmm. it the next day was christmas day (laughs) tried alcohol i was like okay that's kind of fun and then i just like i graduated college finally figured like and i was like all that stuff it's just Bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my uncle had given me a book to read because he knew I was starting on my detethering journey, and it was about like finding the inner, like inner voice. And I can't remember what the book was, but it was just this bur- beautiful, little bit shamanistic journey about your inner being and just realizing that all this other extraneous stuff is just extraneous and uh. it's about you and nature and it was like that helped me commune so much with just myself and with nature and like every once in a while my parents would pop up what are you doing how dare like they saw like a halloween costume <laughs> online they're like you're you're putting pornography online oh yeah it was a sexy like,
2: one too right uh, <laughs>
1: Like, I didn't tell them about that, but they're like, their pornography, your brother might see that. And I'm like, um, it's a tutu and a corset and I'm completely covered, calm down. And like, and then like when I did a modeling spread with a couple of girlfriends, um, for a couple of like just different ad campaigns that went up on Facebook and I got the email young lady you really need to understand what you're doing and that's online mm. and <laughs> how dare you and you know I got a couple of, like emails I was proud for my mom for learning to email but she was just like <laughs> <laughs> she's like I just have she had such angst about me not being within mm-hmm. the organ like the organized religion and and I'm just like it's between me and myself and I mm-hmm. like you go do your thing i'm finding my inner happiness here and so it's it's just been this light slight just detaching after the big Mm -hmm, guillotine mm -hmm. of a cathunk of just done
2: yeah i would imagine i mean my my mom still wants me to be a priest um but you know i would imagine there's still some you know it's it's, it's freeing but there's some pain there right because your family these are people that you you want to most people want to love and know their parents and it's, it's, there's a lot of.
1: Yeah. I go through periods where I uh, might want to talk to them. Uh, (laughs) Most of the time, just like Jesus, you people like, cause I have to almost parent them sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, they're, I know they care for me in the way that they can and they love me very much as far as they're able. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're on their own journeys and it's like, like the same thing with the energy, like I found that being around them was just too yeah. much for me and too painful and so i I just have to distance and it's just like this reinforced that. It's like no, that was the right thing like mm-hmm. just distance yourself from the painful people, <laughs>
2: yeah you' you you like you glow when you like when you touch on that self. it's like I can see it as you like touch yeah. back against them and then you like come into yourself again mm-hmm. it's like you start to shine brighter you have a, you really have a wonderful energy <laughs> you <laughs> really yeah. do uh, so do you ha- do you have a, a strong social network to go back to
1: yeah yeah I have wonderful friends that have been in my life some for many many years some just recently and I, I like I haven't just this amazing social support system and I'm so grateful for each and every one of my girlfriends and and my aunt and uncle and uh and my uncle and my uncle like <laughs> so it's just just being grateful for the people that let you be who who you yeah. are and let you have your peaceful little existence and don't try to push too much on you. Do you have kids? I do not. Yeah. That's where Single, that's where it gets real never tough. Never married, no kids. <laughs> it's like
2: as much as I just demand and freedom you know it's like then I have kids and I'm yeah, like oh no wait stop more okay yeah yeah but it's like I don't you know like I want them to have freedom but then there's also that rub of me like wanting to influence them it's like stop Eric stop right they don't have to like anything that you like you don't that's you right
1: know. Uh, your job is just to model the way for just them.
2: to love yeah. yeah yeah just and like what like you said like you said of your friends like to just love you as you are right like that's what that's because we're we're all like amazing.
1: Right. Yeah. Like we're
2: all beautiful people at our core.
1: Exactly. You don't need emails asking you why you're not someone else's expectation. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. But exactly. Just to accept and love people as they are and let them like be there in the way that they need you to be there Um as you're able. Mm-hmm. And so it's. It's just, like, it's really interesting. It's, like, the insights I got from, from day three. It was just, like, hey, I'm allowed to fight back. And you already had all those answers. You just had to be reminded of them. Mm. And so it's, like, oh, yeah, okay. I have all the answers. I just have to, I mean, I don't have all the knowledge, but I do have my, the answers that I need to survive in life So, and thrive.
2: Wonderful. So, what do you think this could look like for you in the future? Do you think that you'll continue working with psilocybin, or have you even have t- have you even given that thought yet?
1: Well, I no, I have. Um, day two, I or dose two, I was just like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> the pain is just too much. Mm. But now it's like, well, okay, so now I understand the processing right. and how I need to develop and and work. And it's like, well, will I be able to process? as is do I need a little extra kick or so that's interesting to me but then it's also like well is there more out there that I want to explore and so I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure like where where the path is Mm -hmm. as far as that goes and I think that's probably the perfect place to be yeah because if you see the path in front of you it's usually not your path yeah
2: yeah (laughs) well let me just throw a signpost out there. Yeah. LSD. <laughs> oh no, that's too scary. That is too scary. Oh, it's so much easier that's than mushrooms. Chemicals. That's terrible. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> let me let me make a disclaimer on this. I don't condone any illegal activity, and I don't know where anywhere that LSD is legal. Right. Uh But good quality LSD. I've
1: heard wonderful things.
2: Is for for finding your child, for finding your. Right. Oh man, it's a wonderful, wonderful, right. wonderful thing. So, yeah, no, yeah. I'm we <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't have to push it too fast. I'm just saying that it's out there, and if you know a good source, <laughs> I've been thinking about
1: this for six years. This is, <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> who knows? I think
2: it's probably well for me, it's probably good that LSD is legal because. It's it's one of these things that it's it's so fun. Like the re, the, the renewed sense of I am perfect like I am right. is so strong mm-hmm. that I, I I get Tim Leary. I get how he went down that road. Oh yeah, no, I I completely I I
1: get it. It's just it's a little having known a few people that distribute uh, different things of of certain circum uh, substances. Not always the most cleanly of environments that these things get passed through, and I'm just like, well, you know,
2: there's a uh, comedian Ari Shafir, he says that the way you get uh, mushrooms is you find your dirtiest friend. If you don't know where to get mushrooms, then you go find the dirtiest hippie that you know. And if he doesn't get mushroom, have mushrooms, then you ask him to ask the dirtiest hippie <laughs> that he knows. And somewhere down the line, a dirty hippie's going it. to have mushrooms. Uh, but no, fortunately that's one of the things that we love to provide is really good quality yeah. mushrooms that we grow exactly. and, and care. And, and all of these substances, it's while they're they're they can be very lighthearted as you see. They can right. be real fucking serious, you know. Yeah. And LSD is no different. So exactly. You know,
1: no, I. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's a tongue in cheek.
1: Just want to say I'm a happy little space. <laughs> 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 Keep the peace bubble. Uh, but but no, there's. I mean, I, I definitely think that there's room for it. It's just I would want to treat it as as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I can commune with nature pretty easily on my own. I, I guess that might be a gift. <laughs> I don't know. But I, but I definitely needed help discovering the depth of feeling mm. that is needed to process the pain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I discovered that. And well, and it's, that, so.
2: it's it's so it's just like second nature for us to just keep putting a lid on things. Right. right? To keep burying it down. Right. And that's what, fortunately, these, mu- these mushrooms, one of the things they allow is that kind of safety, safety valve for us to just open up and let it out. Exactly. And, and one of the things that I would like to share with you that the mushrooms recently have taught me uh, in when in thinking of terms of whether or not to dose later mm-hmm. on or whatever, the, uh, they just said, do what you do on mushrooms when you're not on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And that has been an invaluable lesson. So, you know, like that tree over there, yeah. I, I can't have many times I have like Put energy and received energy in and from that tree, and it used to be that that was just kind of a thing that I did with mushrooms, and ever since about a year ago, when that real powerful voice came through, and I've been following that lead, and you know the mushrooms are only showing us what's already there.
1: Exactly. That's
2: it. You know, so you can any time you can go and be with the earth and give it back and and receive Mm -hmm. energy uh from from this beautiful matrix that we're swimming in
1: oh absolutely yeah pretty excited about it
2: well sharon thank you for joining me on this uh episode you've been uh uh, again it's like a little bittersweet Uh, it's (laughs) nice to see you know the outcomes of this but this is a really wonderful group of people that i'm a little bit sad i didn't get to spend more time with
1: yeah absolutely well but the good thing is we're always on whatsapp
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh whatsapp if you saw my whatsapp feed it is crazy (laughs) last thing before we go though the last question I always want to ask is if you could put up a billboard or make a bumper sticker or a t-shirt whatever kind of just single one liner for psilocybin not for myco meditations but for psilocybin (laughs) mushrooms or the experience what would that be?
1: I have no idea. Like, honestly, it would probably be more just reminding you to feel the feels that you already felt. That's (laughs)
2: like perfect. So, feel the feels that you already feel. Yep. (laughs) Wonderful. Thanks again, Sharon. Thank you. Now that was a wonderful conversation with a wonderful human being. Sharon, thanks so much for being a part of our work at Michael Meditations. I truly hope that you carry the healing with you for the weeks, months, years into the future and share that with everyone that you come in contact with. Listeners, uh, thanks so much for joining in. I'm going to leave you with the Bill Hicks bit that I promised. He talks about a lot of the same things that Sharon and I did. Religion, politics, drugs. It's, it's a nice little skit, one that comes to my mind a whole lot when we talk about why psychedelics are illegal. Uh, so, hope you enjoy. Much love and respect. Until next time.
0: But I've always found religion is fascinating ideas such as uh, how people act on their beliefs. Pro-lifers, murdering doctors. <laughs> Pro-lifers, murdering people. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's, it's irony on the base level, but I like it. Yeah, it's real basic irony, but still, you can get a hoot. It's a hoot. It's a fucking hoot.
1: what fundamentalism breeds, though. No irony. So you take the word literally. You
0: know. <laughs> Fundamentalist, yeah. Well, once again, I recommend a healthy dose of uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Uh, three weeks ago, two of my friends and I went to a ranch in Fredericksburg, Texas, and took what Terrence McKenna calls a heroic dose. <laughs> five yeah. five grams. Let me tell you. Third eye was squeegee quite cleanly. Wow. <laughs> and I'm glad they're against the law. But you know what happened when I took them? I laid in a field of green grass for four hours going, My God, I love. Everything. The heavens parted. God looked down and rained gifts of forgiveness onto my being, healing me on every level, psychically, physically, emotionally. And I realized our true nature is spirit, not body, that we are eternal beings and God's love is unconditional. There is nothing we can ever do to change that. It is only our illusion that we are separate from God or that we are alone. In fact, the reality is we are one with God and He loves us. Now, if that isn't a hazard to this country, let me see a mic build nuclear weapons. You know what I mean? What's going to happen to the arms industry when we realize we're all one? <laughs> it's going to fuck up the economy. The economy that's fake anyway. <laughs> Which would be a real bummer. You know, Let's see why the government's cracking down
1: on the idea of experiencing
0: unconditional love. It's interesting. Isn't it interesting that two drugs are illegal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do absolutely nothing for you whatsoever? <laughs> and drugs that grow naturally upon this planet, drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being fucked every day of your life. <laughs> Those drugs are against the law. Wow. Coincidence? <laughs> do I don't know. sure their motives are pure, but, uh, uh... Isn't that great? Mushrooms grow on counters. I love that. I think that's why you giggle the first hour. This illusion, Lord. <laughs> Lord. Heal my perception that I may know only reality.